0: Hi, this is Pastor Rick. Now, listen, you're about to join us at the Civic Center for Easter Sunday morning. It's amazing. And we are just always excited when all the family can get together. Thousands gather throughout the weekend from Good Friday all the way through Sunday morning. We have music and dance. It's just phenomenal. And so I want to encourage you, feel free to stay connected with us, watch this sermon, allow it to change your life. It's about being free and it's how God wanted you to experience freedom. So enjoy this. We'll be right back to pray with you at the very end. Stay there. Who do you know in your life that is free? Think of somebody that you could name a friend, a cousin, somebody. They're not bound, there are no obvious bondages in their life. Their marriage is decent, their health is decent, they don't have to borrow your money they are. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, I'm not trying to make you feel bad if you had to borrow some money. Just pay it back. Can I get an amen? amen. And if you can't pay it back, say you can't pay it back. Can I get an amen on that one? If you know when you borrow it, you can't pay it back, don't lie on the front end. Tell them, I need you to give me this. Amen? No. But do you know anybody that's just free? Just I mean, I, I don't believe that there's anybody perfect. But I really believe that you can live in bondage so long that you don't believe in freedom. You think everybody cusses everybody out the way you cuss our people. You think everybody gets mad like you get mad. You think everybody responds the way you do. Everybody's house is like this. Everybody's life is like this. Every preacher preaches this long. So that's why you think you got to preach that long. But there are some people like me that are going to be finished in a few minutes. And I won't feel bad about it. How, how long has it been since you've been free? How long have you been in a bondage in your life? Have you been in a bondage so long? You've been, you've been getting high so long you don't know what it's like to be sober every Friday night you know they used to say the eagle fly on Friday right Saturday I go out and play you've been playing on Saturday and Friday for years you you don't even know what it's like to get up in a house and not have any strife we just get along we don't fight each other we don't elbow each other we just get along I want to talk today about a decision you can make. Repeat it with me, please. Say deciding. Deciding. Come on, talk to me, people say deciding Deciding. to to be free. I believe that freedom is a decision. Jesus made a decision for us, and in that decision, he made a covenant. I'm about to take you on a journey, and I didn't mention the last service because we got caught up in so much other stuff, but I'm going to take you on a journey. In the bottom of your notes, in the back page, I list the journey I'm going to take you on. It's fascinating. I'm going to talk about some decisions you can make that can make your life better. We've been talking about building a better covenant for the last few weeks. And how you have to come to a point in your life where you make a contract with God and you say, I want to sign on the dotted line with you and I want you and me, God, to have a better relationship. I want a contract agreement. It's like a closing when you buy a house. I hereby agree to pay this much for this house and to make monthly payments on the first of the month on time. That's what you say in the contract. And we've been talking about how that works with you and God. But I I started with the premise that there's no need in making a covenant with God if you had not made one with yourself first. You have to decide. And one of the things I'm going to talk about in the coming weeks is I want you to have the faith to make a new decision starting next week. I believe that that. Jesus says something in the book of John, this is not in your notes, it's Matthew, I'm sorry, chapter 9, verse 29. Here's what he said, according to your faith, say it with me please, come on, say according to your faith, so be it unto you. I misunderstood that verse for a long time. Here's what I thought faith was, straining out some belief system, faking it until I made it, it's more than that. Faith is believing something to be true and acting like you do. Here's what, here's what the Bible's saying. According to what you believe is going to be true about your life, that's the way you're going to act. I believe that I'm going to be successful. I believe that I'm going to be fine. And I act like it. I talk like it. I live like it. I think like it. I plan like it. I get up in the morning and I have what I call my success routines. These are the things that would help me get to the goals I've set for my life. These are the things that I want for me. And according to my faith, so be it unto me. Here's why you have never finished some things because you don't believe you can and so you don't try. You don't hang around long enough in friendships to make friendships work. You don't hang around long enough in relationships to climb over difficulties to make them work. If you're not careful, you'll go from relationship to relationship to relationship, church to church to church to church to church, all your life. Because you don't believe it works. A little discomfort, a few problems, and you're done with everybody. Could it be true that you are where your faith has taken you? Could it be that where you stand today is where you're supposed to be? Because there's no other way. That's what I tell myself. When I look at my bank account, I say, this is the level of your faith. This is what you are willing to do. These are the investments you are willing to make. So the big question, Ricky Temple, is what are you going to do going forward? I look at my health, say the same thing. This is the level of my faith. This is the level of my effort. How much more effort am I willing to give? I have become, I'm convinced that some people will only give 20% effort. They will never give 50%. There's something about that extra push, that drive that says, no, I want to be a 95%er. I want to give 95% of my effort and energy to this cause, and I'm not backing down until I do it. That, my friend, is where we're headed. Next week, I'm going to talk about the next four four series are going to be amazing. I'm going to talk about bad money decisions, bad sexual decisions, hold on, bad relationship decisions, and bad job decisions. Tell your neighbor, say, I need to come to all of those sermons. Come on, I need to hear all of those sermons. If you can't be here, download the Overcoming by Faith Ministries app and watch it on demand. But I want you to say this to yourself. I want you to be clear about something. You have to come to a place where you make a contract with God and you decide what you want. I can't decide for you. You have to decide if you want a level of freedom in your life in all those areas I just mentioned or you don't. And here's one thing that's really helpful to me. I don't own that choice you make. I think that's an unwise thing for me to do with my wife, my children, my church, employees. I can't make you an employee who comes to work on time. I just told you you got to be on time or fill in the blanks. You have to come to work. And you have to do what you're asked to do. I mean, I'll pay you, but you got to work. Now, I'm sorry. I love you, but you got to work. I don't mean nothing hard. That's fair. You you cash the paycheck. Can I I get amen to that? I'm not, I mean, I think there's a point where I understand my responsibility. Jesus can only die on the cross for you once. He did his part. Today, we celebrate the resurrection. All that was done so you could be free. Every bit of it was all about you but he's already died now and every year you celebrate the death and I, I don't personally like watching that I just it's, ugh, it's just every year I just I mean I know I want to remember what happened but I, I I like to quickly get to the resurrection part because that is where we are today you are supposed to be a free person now the question is why we can be free and the question is, why aren't we free? Let me show you why you have the right to be free. So in Matthew chapter 28, verse five, here's what happened. The angels, after Jesus rose from the dead, answered and said to the women who had come to the tomb to see him, "I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified, but he's not here. <laughs> he's not here. He's risen. Come and see the place. If you don't believe me, hey, look. Come look for yourself. And then he says in verse 7, go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. What a moment. You go to see this guy you saw die. Now there are angels telling you that he's not here anymore. And so now you have to make a decision. Do you believe this? Look with me and notice with me, please. Three decisions you must make to be free. You ready? Three decisions. Say, so you must decide to be free. Come on, say it with me, please. Come on. Say, so you must decide to be free. Come on. Second, say, so you must decide to repent. And thirdly, you must decide to change. Today. The First thing you got to do is decide to be free. Now, here's what I've learned. This is important. I've learned I can't make anybody decide that. It will free your life. It will free you. It will free you to let people do because you can't stop them anyway unless you do something illegal, so you just have to work it out. Now, there's a way that I, I, I'm engaging. You know, as a parent coming up, my kids would probably say, who is that talking up there? Because I was very engaging. I was not a guy who just would let you just go and not engage you. I was very much a present person, still am today. I like to, I like to feel like, you know, hey, you know, I care about you. I'm not going to stand by and watch you kill yourself. So I understand, but there's a point where I can't decide for them. They have to decide to repent. Now, the word repent is an interesting word. The word repent does not mean to say you're sorry. It means to have a different conviction. It means to have a change of mind. I no longer see it that way. You see, these people came to the tomb to see Jesus, and when they got there, he was gone. And guess what happened when they saw he was gone? They changed their view. They change their mind. That's what what repentance is. So please stop thinking repentance is saying you're sorry to God. No, no, it means God, listen, I I now agree with you. Your way of being married, your way of living life is better than my choices. And so because I believe that, I now change today. That's how it works. And that's why you can go to church forever and you can read Bible verses forever and you can have devotional moments forever and you can cry at the altar forever and never really get saved. There's a word we don't use, right? The word means to be delivered, chained, to come to Christ, to say, oh, I no longer want to be here. I want to be, it's like moving from, to another state. I lived in California, now I to in Georgia, and you see know what I'm saying? It's like you're not the same person. Until that happens, all of this is a waste of time, really. It really is. I mean, well, you know, there's some benefits. You get to be around some nice people. You get to sing some gospel songs. You get to shout a little bit, you know, feel good, get a little vibe. But in terms of it being like long-term, get it out, Temple, as far as having long-term benefits, no, because you haven't changed. I love love what Andy Stanley says when he talks about preaching. I love it. I love this, this concept. I've said it to you maybe too many times. In his book on communication, he says, am I called to teach the Bible, the Bible to people, or am I teaching people the Bible What am I doing? Well, of course, I'm teaching the Bible to people, right? But I've got to remember I'm teaching people the Bible. So I have to make it simple. But here's what's interesting about both of those, he says. Both of those have to do with information exchange. So I teach you some fancy words I've learned and teach some stuff I've learned in school, and you kind of go, "Oh, he knows the Bible. At the end of the day, whether I'm teaching the Bible to people or people the Bible, it's all about information. He says, here's what you really want to do. You want to teach people to change. Your goal is for you to come and hear something that makes you say, let me think about this. Let me think about the way I'm raising my family, my life. The way, what, what am I doing with me? And if I don't get you to change, I've not really done anything for you other than entertain you with a talk. And John Romans chapter 6 says that's why he came. Listen, Romans 6 and 5. Here's here three reasons we should be free. Here's why you should be free. Here's why this should work. Romans 6 and 5. For if we've been united with, together in the likeness of his death. See, we, we've died with Christ. We've been united with him in death. We also shall be in the likeness of his what? Resurrection, which means we rose with him. We're risen. We're free. And then he says this in verse 6, knowing this, that our old man was crucified... Okay, so we united with him, we resurrected with him, and now our old man, the old us, the old life is over, so we're now freed. That's why we can be free, because he did it for us. Baptism is a symbol of that. Water baptism, you go down in the old life, come up in a new life. It's it's, it's all, all about a statement of your commitment to God. Now, having said that, what's really fascinating is a lot of us, if I asked you the question, who do you know that's free? Romans Romans describes the gift, Acts describes the guy, Acts chapter 3, verse 1. There are these stories in the Bible that were designed to communicate a message. It, it is a, it's a message that is, I think, twofold. One is that God really cares about hurting people. Because in the Bible, there's all these people that were sick. In Acts chapter 3, there's a guy who was lame from birth. He could not walk all of his life. The second thing this is going to teach you is not only that God cares about the hurting, but God can heal the hurting. So The whole message is simple. I want you to see a guy who was messed up, who was not free, who had limits in his life. And I want you to watch me miraculously change his life. And the reason I chose this was because we see it in the resurrection of Christ. I get that. But I want you to see it in a guy's life. I want you to, I want you to think about this for a minute. What's it like to be lame? from birth you've never walked so you know what you do when you can't walk you watch people walk and you never think of walking because you can't walk every day the bible says people would carry him to the gate that's what he did acts chapter 3 verse 1 now peter and john went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried uber carried him his uber 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 carriers laid him there every single day here's the deal when you when you are in a place in your life where you have never seen it you never think it for example are you ready do you ever think about flying yourself you ever just get up and say, I should just jump off a building and see if I can fly? No. You may watch Superman and Batman, all on people, but you know you can't fly. And, and so you'll say, it's a bird, it's a plane, but it's not you, right? You don't think about it. Imagine this guy has been lame from his mother's womb. This is a guy who does not think about walking. Maybe that's what we would think, right? Maybe we would think this guy will never get from where he is in life. And, and, and I, I'm telling you, it's easy to think that. But look at verse 5. An amazing moment happens in verse, in verse 3. Start of verse 2. A certain man laying from his mother's womb was carried, uh, whom they laid daily at the gate of uh, the temple, which is called Beautiful. And he asked alms, he begged those that entered the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked alms, and Peter fastened his eyes upon him with John, and, and he said, Look on us. Well, verse 5, and he gave heed unto them, expecting that he was going to give them something. Then Peter makes this incredible statement, verse 6. Peter, And Peter said, Silver and gold I, I don't have. Well, uh, well, why are you calling me? Why, why, are you, why are you calling me? What, what, I'm here for one purpose. I'm here to get money. That's all I can do. You know, there are people who think that. This is all I will ever have. This is all I will ever do. Do you know that I never once thought I would be doing this? Do you know it is amazing to me that people come and they even listen to me? Maybe you say you should be amazed, but don't say that. I'm amazed. I never dreamed it. This is a guy sitting there with a dream, with, with, with this, this one life, but somewhere in the back of his mind, something is brewing that he doesn't talk about, just like you. I never, I never thought to do this, but I wanted to do something. I couldn't quite define it, but it never wasn't, wasn't public speaking, I can tell you that. And it definitely was, it definitely was not pastoring. It wasn't even on the list. But, but understand, in the back of his mind, there's a dream. There's a dream. bro. What's, what's in the back of your mind? What, in this moment, something amazing happened. Peter said, in verse 6, Silver and gold, I, I have none, but such as I have, I give thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Rise up and walk. Really? So you want me to do something I've never done. You want me to have an experience with God I've never had. You want my life, you want my life to change in a way that I never imagined it could. Are you out there with me, church? It's easy for you to think it will always be this way. I will always be this way. We will always be this way. There's no possibility of change. In this moment, he has to decide. In this moment, it's going to be according to his faith, so be it in him, in this moment. I wonder, are you in that moment right now? A moment where you're sitting in this room and you're you're really hearing something that's kind of touching into your soul there a little bit, and you're saying, that's that's really how I feel. I feel trapped. In this relationship, I feel trapped in this marriage. I feel trapped in this job. I feel, I don't know if I can ever really walk like they walk. All I can do is watch people. They look happy. I would like that. They look healthy. I would like that. They think it. But all you got to do is ask a trainer, somebody that works out with people and exercise folks, and they'll tell you the key to changing your athletic ability is to start one step at a time. Some of you are out of shape and you know it. And so you you make this promise in the name of Jesus. Don't make any promises. Walk and pray. All you have to do is start moving. This guy is in a moment and this decision, listen to me, one decision will change his life. One decision. Not two, not three, not four. And it's personal. If your life will ever change, it's one decision you will make. You can go to 50 more churches. You can listen to 80 more preachers. You can buy 20 more gospel songs. You can dance all you want. But it's not until you are willing to make the one decision. One Silver and gold I don't have. But such as I have, give unto thee. Verse 7. This is the decision. Verse 7. He took him. Under number two in your nose. He took him. Verse 5. He took him by the right hand and lifted him up. Can I see your right hand, please? Stretch it out. That was the moment. That was the moment. Hands down. That was the moment. Now, you know, you're looking at the hand and you're deciding, oh, what do you want me to do? I don't know how to walk. And I ask you, could you walk? I know you can't walk. I ask you to, by faith, stretch out your hand and grab mine. The Bible said when he did that is when he did that. Only when he did it. When he did it. Can you say when he did it? <laughs> That's the anointing on me coming on so strong. You feel that? That's, that's it. That's it. Ah, hold it, hold it. That's the power of God coming on me. Better tone it down a little bit. So he reached his hand. He reached his hand. He took him by the right hand. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received Strength. <laughs> you, you know, look at the preacher for a second. You know, you, know, you know what I think could be our problem? We don't try. You want better grades? Try. How about studying longer? There's a thought. How about the next time you get into a disagreement? Closing the mouth, in prayer. How about that? How about measuring the response? How about, how about for a minute, instead of telling everybody all the issues in your life, pray about them. In this moment, he reached up and said, I've never done this. I hope you're with me, folks. I've never tried this. I've never been here. But in the name of Jesus, I reach my hand up and I'll try. And so here is how a guy, (laughs) here's how a guy who's been touched changes. Verse 8, a man who never walked started leaping and walking and entered into the temple, walking, leaping, praising God, and all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was he which sat at the gate. Verse 11, and as the lame man which was healed but held Peter and John, he couldn't walk well, but he was dancing with what he could dance with. You you know, all the people came to see it was an amazing moment, and here's what moved them. He was free. Can I ask you something? Are you ever going to be free? As I close this out today, I want to ask you, are you ever going to be free? Will your life ever change? Will you become the person that God wanted you to be? I want you to hear a song. It's going to ask you a very important question, a question about your life from this moment forward. I want you to listen to the song.
1: You're reminded Of everything you've done You can't seem to grasp that It's under the blood I wish you could see you Only through my eyes Then you'd understand how I still call you mine When you're overwhelmed all that you've done I only see my son you say you have sinned much more than you could count but where there is in my grace much more abounds see I see through the blood the person you've become Purpose in you, you have just begun. So, when you're overwhelmed by all that you've done, I only see my son, I see his nail piece, hands, and his bleeding side. I see his bowed down head and his laid down life I see the fighting hell and the day he rose I see him praying for you and cheering you on I see his nail his hands and his bleeding side I see his bowed down head and his laid down life. I see the
2: fight in hell and the day he rose. I see him praying for you and cheering you on. I see his nail, his hands, and his blood. all that you've done I only see my son hallelujah
1: I only see my son oh I only see my son
0: let's all stand together shall we as we go home today Let me ask you a very important question. I believe the only reason the enemy gets us to do some things is to shame us. When you're ashamed, you feel like I've done so much wrong or made so many mistakes or whatever that God can't really help me. And you feel defeated. You watch people walk past you all day, never really believing you can walk. But I believe you can walk out these doors leaping and praising God. You can leave here today and you can say, I signed a new contract with God today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, after hearing the message and the songs, all this happened in this service, I need a spiritual tune-up i've never really given my life to god in a way that i should have given it to him but today whether you're in this building or whether you're streaming in live from wherever or watching and on demand wherever you are i want you right now to make a decision with every head bowed and every eye closed if you'd like to start a life with jesus if you want to make me want me to pray for you i want you to put your hand up so i know who i'm praying for Wave them at me so I can see. See one, but they're f- my goodness—my thirty, 40, 50 people plus. God bless you all. All in the balcony, everywhere. Father, we lift up all of these hands to you. We lift up all these people to you. I pray in the name of Jesus that the hand of God would be strong, strong on them today. You died on the cross to set them free and they've heard a message that encouraged them to be free and so we trust you today would you repeat this prayer with me please say i leave here today come on see I like everybody say i leave here today clearing my heart and clearing my mind that god loves me and he wants me to walk he wants me to live resurrection free Which means, Lord, I will not have the bondages of my past, but I believe that you have forgiven me and I'm moving to a new future. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Did you enjoy being with us today? I hope you did. I pray you were blessed by today's service. I pray that you were touched and I hope it lifted your life and made you think about the power of Jesus Christ to set you free. It's really important in life to have joy in your life and that's what Jesus came to give you. Let me pray with you. Father, I pray the message they've heard today lifted their minds and hearts and gave them a new view of freedom. And I pray they would reach for it. And I pray their hearts would be open to it. And I thank you that this is the day that you died for us and rose again so that we can have freedom and joy in our lives. I thank you for it. I praise you for this time in Jesus' name. Thanks for praying with me. Thanks for being with us today. Come see us in person if you can at Overcoming by Faith. We'd love to have you. If not, stay in touch this way. Look, we'll give you credit for church this way. We appreciate you staying connected. We'll see you next time. Send it and link it to a friend if you think it's a word that blessed your life. Check out our website. Feel free to email us if you like at pastor at overcomingbyfaith.org. Check out the email. Email me. Check it all out. It's all part of what we make available to you. I'll see you next time. Bye bye.